Hey y'all, I hope I'm finding you happy and well today, but I know for some reason there's something in your mind that is restricting you from being fully happy and fully well. Whether it's anxiety or fear or doubt, maybe it's self-criticism. Perhaps it's a what-if situation or a broken heart that leaves your mind running in circles with confusion and worry. I've dealt with a lot of these things, and whatever it is that you're dealing with, it is blocking you. It's blocking you from living fully whole with a sound mind. And guess what? We are promised exactly that. On today's episode, I am so blessed to have a dear friend, Morgan Hart, as she shares her testimony and struggle in this exact mental area. It will likely shock you, as do most situations from an outsider looking in, but you may have been in the exact same situation, alone and lost. I hope you find peace in knowing you are not alone. There is incredible power in your mental capability, and it's all thanks to the reality of a great, consistent hope. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup, focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerlene Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. We are here today with the lovely Morgan Hart, who I am blessed to call a pastor as well as one of my best friends. And her storyline has enmeshed with mine in the last three years. Um, She has seen me on my face bawling. She has seen me uh, what feels like on the top of a mountain, just so excited about things that God is doing in my life. And she's also seen me on all the days in between. Um, and I'm just cry, like, right. so grateful. <laughs> you didn't say cry. And we don't have tissues because they don't look good on the table. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I, oh, she's just gosh. one of my dearest friends and has done so in such a short period of time. And I just believe that that is all God's hand on in each of our individual lives. And while she's such a blessing to me, I hope and know that I return that as much as I can. Um, she's taught me about friendship and what the true depths of friendship mean. Um, and I'll share a little bit about the fact that I feel like most of my 20s and there before, I felt like I had a lot of very vapid friendships and I would have never realized that. I just was walking through life doing what I was supposed to do. And I think that's part of it. I was living off of expectations and perfection and achievement driven mindsets. And, um, 
When I met Morgan, I was in none of those spaces because I had tears rolling down my face and was flat in front of an altar. And so that's a fun story in and of Mm. itself. But the point of us coming together isn't necessarily for me to just share. Um, I brought her here with purpose for you guys and a part of my journey and our journey um, together. Uh, I'm excited for her to share what that looks like. Um, So welcome. Thanks. I love you. Love you. Um, I feel like I fidget so much. I know. It's okay. (laughs) That's the live part. People on the podcast won't hear that. That's very true. So I think we could open up and just, like I said, true authentic conversation. It's not intended to be scripted. Um, That's why she's crying. I didn't know what I was going to say. I probably played it in my head a couple times, but um, it just is what it is. And so I hope that as you're listening, you can sense that authenticity and vulnerability. And um, Morgan has quite the testimony, both, well, not both, in all mind, body, and soul components. Um, So just kind of share a little bit about yourself. Oh, geez. That's... I know. It's like, boom. (laughs) It's like, where do you start? Do you start, like, growing up or do you start... Let's see. Um... (laughs) She just laughs. laughs. Um, Let's see. So I'll take it back to a teenager. Is that far enough? I like that. Okay. Um, So, well, I'll go further than that, I guess. Didn't never grew up in church. Um, not just not because we didn't. My parents didn't believe. We just didn't know. So my dad grew up in church, but he was kind of one of those that was forced to go to church. Um, didn't really have an option. So when it came time for him to um, leave home, he left it back behind him and didn't go to church and didn't introduce us to church. And and on my mom's side of the family, no nobody was religious. Nobody knew who Jesus was. Um, so when I was about 16, I started going to a youth group, got saved. Um, so I had a relationship with Christ and then backed away and met my husband when I was 17 at, um, a lovely place called Peabody's. (laughs) Go Peabody's. Um, (laughs) and so it's a lovely nightclub for those awesome establishment in Virginia beach, Virginia down the ocean front. Um, so we met there and dated and then broke up and then about 20, I think I was 20 or 21. God brought us back together. Um, we got married and within our first year. So he was raised in church, um, Pentecostal church, dad's a pastor, granddad's a pastor, uncle's pastors, great grandfather. I mean, on both sides of his family, everybody seems to be a pastor for some reason. Um, So he knew what church was, and I got saved in a Pentecostal church when I was 16. So I knew the religion. I knew the denomination. Um, So we got married. Our first year of marriage was extremely rough. Um, I was a super jealous person. Um, How he stayed with me, I don't know. He must love me that much because I put him through hell. Yeah. A lot of um, accusing, accusations, and that comes from past relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, not being treated and not, you know, being cheated on and stuff like that when I was growing up. So, blah, blah, blah. We went to a church called Parkway Christian Center. And from the first time we walked in, we knew that it was home. And we were there for 15 years. That is where all three of my children got baptized. All three of my children got saved. 
um, where pretty much I recommitted myself to Christ. Um, we both became pastors there. We both became ministers and ordained ministers as well through that church. And it was a really cool time, but also a very... When I look back on those 15 years at that church, we grew a lot, but we also went through hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes the enemy will do that when you're trucking towards what you're supposed to go through. Absolutely. Um, but then... Do you want me to share my testimony now, or do you want me to wait for that? We can, I, I don't know. know. This is a part of your testimony. Um, it is part of my testimony. So, okay, then I'll talk about that then. Yeah. So, so lead into, because you haven't shared, like, since Parkway. That's three years. That's, well, we kind of met a year before yeah. um, her last, or second to last year before mm-hmm. leaving. So what are you doing now? Oh, well, my husband and I planted a church with Tamara and her husband. They were our team um and it's called the session um the session i know it's a different name for a church but that's what we're called and we have been told in the past that a session makes some people think of only one thing and Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm able to say that with all the cbd and this kind of looks like (laughs) it it's not what you think it is okay um but actually a very amazing woman's christine kane if you are familiar with people in ministry she is a voice to millions and um she shared in a one-on-one conversation that that's what it reminded her of, but she kind of vibed with it. And so that gave us such affirmation. Um, so the session, we will link it and all those good things. It's a yeah. cool. It's a cute little, or cute. It's a cool home church. Um, we're small and quaint, but that's what we wanted. We didn't want, we're not, we don't want num- huge numbers. We don't want to be this huge mega church. That's not who um, we want to be. It's just a home and Tamara and Gary's home. <laughs> Soon to be be our home, which is really weird. It's another part of the combo. (laughs) Another God moment for sure. Um, Yeah, and we're doing that. And then two months ago, we got asked to be kind of like interim pastors for a local church in Chesapeake to help them through a time that they're going through. Um, Not permanent pastors, just kind of being there, um, as my husband calls it, foster parents to this church that definitely needs some love. So we're there right now too, which is great. A lot of it's things. It's a lot of that. A lot of. No, I'm not saying that's not great. It was, no, it was it's that, amazing. It's just there's. I know a lot going on. A lot of moving pieces, and I think that's a part of a lot of people's lives. It's yeah. what we're used to. Um, we get so used to being busy that the option to not be busy sounds really intriguing, but it never actually happens. No, I couldn't imagine not not being busy. well, especially with kids. Oh yeah. That's yeah, we like, have three children. Oh, yeah, they're that. cute. They're real cute. They're, 12, yeah, 12 they're 10, and 8. 12, 10, and 8. Mm-hmm. So um, I think from that and the, the busyness of life can get overwhelming, but that's the whole reason that I was drawn into the concept of like mind, body, and soul alignment mm-hmm. and like really finding a peace. I was re- recently reading the Rachel Hollis book, Girl Stop Apologizing, and I have, I always talk about this, like the concept of alignment. It's really just what I feel is a part of my calling and my mission to help share for women. Um, when I came into my own spirituality, I realized that that was the missing link of my entire life. Um, and also the mental health. I had never really 
understood it. It wasn't really talked about. Um, I had never been face to face with um, something depressing or like truly depressing or something that was on my own shoulders um, of a failure in many different ways. I felt like I was failing as a mom. I felt like I was failing as a wife and a friend and a daughter and um, so so many components, especially in like my businesses as well as a CEO. Uh, and that's kind of a part of my testimony. But in that, that's when I was able to meet the Lord. And that's also when the Lord brought me Morgan. And so um, I just really, truly believe that in the, the alignment of all of those things and in the busy, there are like tokens of just beauty mm-hmm. and joy. And we have to slow down enough and realize how to do that. Um, in order to find it. Because if I could have easily treated her like I've treated any friend in the past, um, and don't get me wrong, I I don't think I'm a horrible friend. I was a good friend. I've got some girls who are my (laughs) best friends still from a long time ago. I'll go back you up on here. Yeah, and I cherish them wholeheartedly. But I feel like they too would understand and even have something to share in regards to what our friendship has developed into versus what it was. Um, and I truly believe that that's a part of my heart change. Um, so Morgan on the concepts of, um, health and the mental health component, I would love for you to share a bit about what that journey has been like for you. Mm, That's a long, deep one. That's a deep one. Um, okay. So I've never, Growing up, I never dealt with depression. I never dealt with anxiety. I never dealt with anything. I grew up with a sister, um, and she won't care if I say this, but she deals with anxiety, um, and it's just been kind of a part of who she is most of her life. She's just dealt with it, um, and she's been an advocate for it. She definitely speaks out about it and how true it really is because some people just think it's not real. Right. I was one of those people for a long time. Um, when we were at Parkway, about 10 years in, I'll say 10 years in, maybe less than that, um, I got offered the children's pastor position. And literally a week after that, um, I was driving down the street, trying, going to get my children. And I felt this like overwhelming sense of like, I don't even know how to describe the feeling. Yeah. Um, you almost have to feel it to understand, but I, I, I didn't know what was going on. Like I had like tunnel vision. Um, my, my vision was just blurry. I couldn't really see much. My heart was just pounding, like insane. Like, like you think you're dying. I remember pulling over on the side of the road, like, okay, Morgan, get your together. Like this is, were the kids in the car? No, I was going to get them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they weren't in the car. So I like pulled over and I remember exactly where I was. I was for people who are listening, you run. But it's in Chesapeake and it was over in Greenbrier Mall. And I remember pulling into the parking lot and I was just like, I, like almost wanted to dial 911 because I thought wow. I was like having a heart attack. I didn't yeah. know what it was. I calmed myself down and I get to my friend, my friend's house who had my girls. Um, her name's Katie Reese, lover. Um, and I remember pulling in her house and like telling her my symptoms and and then experiencing it again mm-hmm. and then freaking out and not knowing what was going on. And I knew all I wanted to do was get home. Yeah. Um, so I remember just throwing the kids in the car and getting to the house and then talking to my husband about these feelings I was having. And I'm like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. 
let's go to the ER. Yeah. So I remember my mom coming over and she took, um, she took the kids. So we went to the ER and that was like my first of like 10 trips to the ER within a month. Wow. Um, they couldn't find anything. And then I remember the last time just to kind of make me feel better, they let me stay overnight and I did like a EKG and then where they do the ultrasound on your heart, all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. to figure out blood work and yeah, yes, make sure everything the stress good. test where you got to run on the treadmill. And at that time, I was not in shape, so that was probably interesting <laughs> to watch. Um, <laughs> and so I remember the day I was laying in the hospital bed and it was like six o'clock in the morning, I had been up all night doing all these tests. And the doctor comes in, and he's like, Morgan, there's nothing wrong with you physically. He said, your heart is perfect. Um, There's nothing, like, we can't find anything wrong. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? And he's like, you're having anxiety. Like, he's like, that is exactly what you're having. You're having panic attacks. And I was like, what is that? I didn't even know what they were. I mean, I dealt with my sister having anxiety, but I never really saw her have, like, a panic attack, which I know she's had them before. Um, And I'm like, what in the world? And so I remember he's like, Make an appointment with your normal doctor. So being the Navy, a Navy wife, you have to go see a primary care manager. You can't even go see like an actual person I really needed to talk to right. without recommendations. So I remember walking into her office and she was immediately asking me all these questions. Do you feel happy? Do you feel sad? And most of it was sad and I didn't realize it until I was answering those questions. I was wow. like, oh yeah. crap, I'm really not happy right now. Wow. And she just shoved some antidepressant in my face. Like didn't even want to get to know what was wrong with me, what problems I had. Um, and I remember going home and I'm like, I don't even want to take, I never felt like I was supposed to take medicine for some reason. And so I remember going home and I took one and it made me feel really funky. Like I did not like the way I felt and I flushed the rest down the toilet. I don't even know if that's like legal. Like I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. But that's what I did. I flushed the rest of them down the toilet. I was like, I'm not having, I'm not taking medicine. Yeah. Um, and so once I started kind of standing up a little bit, it's almost like when the enemy to me came stronger. Yeah. Um, I started having anxiety of being by myself. And I remember one time my husband had to leave for work and I I was literally on the floor holding onto his leg, crying hysterically Mm -hmm. for him not to leave because I'm like, I cannot be by myself. And then... Within like two months, um, I started having thoughts um, because I was like, "There's n- my kids, my husband, my family is better off because I was in bed. I forgot, I forgot to say that. I didn't get out of bed for about a month. I lost 30 pounds in a month. Um, I looked like death warmed mm-hmm. over. Like I did not look good. Yeah. Um, and then finally I got to the point of like, well, why the hell do I need to, why do I need to live like this? I'd rather just be gone. Like, there's no point. Like, my there's no need for my kids to see me this way. Um, sorry, I get emotional. I need tissues. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I need to add that to our... You need to write that down. I'm need sorry. tissues. Um, tissues, I love you. And I remember the lowest part of that journey. So that lasted, like, three months of just having... I didn't tell anybody. Um, nobody knew the thoughts that were going on in my head. I was still a children's pastor at that point. I still went to church on Sundays. That was the only time I got out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knew at church because you all, being a pastor, I can't show any weakness, which is total crap, um, which I'm learning now. 
that we're just as normal people as everybody else. Um, and then I remember the lowest of lows was when, and my husband um, uses this sometimes when he's talking, when he, he did it a few months ago when he first started preaching at GCC, yeah. just talking about knowing who you are and knowing the people that you love. And even my husband didn't even know this stuff. Like, I was so afraid to tell him because I'm like, if, if he knows what's going on inside of my head, he's, they're going to lock me. Like, yeah, right. they're going to put me away. away. Yeah. So the lowest point of that was, I remember my family was like in the den watching TV or they were in the kitchen eating dinner. I can't remember, but they were literally on the other side of the wall and I was in the bathroom on my knees with a razor in my hand, mm-hmm. like seconds from like just... And my family was in the other room. Like, that just seems insane to me when I look back on it. I'm like, how could you? Um, And then I remember, like, screaming out to God, like, this is it. Like, if you are real, Mm -hmm. that was how I was because I was experiencing unbelief at that time because I was like, why am I going through this? If you are real, give me a something. Like, give me a reason to put this razor down. And I could literally feel this warmth. It's so crazy when I say it, but this warmth around me. Um, and I heard the words, I got you. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I knew I was going to be okay. And I dropped the razor and um, just cried. <laughs> and I think I screamed for Anthony at yeah. that point. Wow. Um, and he came in there and I don't, I don't think he never saw the razor because he never knew about the razor until um, I gave the testimony one time. I don't think I don't know why I never told him, but um, and I remember that was the day that I truly like I was a pastor and I was a believer, but at that moment, like I felt God more than I ever felt my entire life, wow. and um, and it still it took me. I'm not saying that was the day that I was completely healed because I wasn't because it still went on for months, even a year. Technically, three years later, and I'm, or six years later, um, and I took my first like car trip by myself. Yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> you were afraid to be in the car. I was right? afraid to be yeah. in because my, my first anxiety panic attack was while I was driving. Right. And my girls, like from high school, know that I love to drive. Yeah. Like that is my thing. And I used to drive to Florida. I used to drive out to Tennessee. So I love I love to drive, and I love to drive by myself. And like the enemy took that away from me. Oh. And so, like, six years, six years, and I finally took, like, a three-hour drive with my children. And I remember coming back to the session that night, yeah, and I was like, guys, I did it! We're like, cool, man. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but that was, like, so that's six years later, and yeah. I feel like I completely have stepped out on the other side. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a interesting journey. journey. It's wild that our minds are such a battlefield. Oh, totally. That we we often fight ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you give yourself anything or the enemy passes it to you or a stranger or something that you see, our minds just have this crazy ability to just like work in supersonic speed, especially as women. We never shut it off. And when it's anything negative, it just it will overtake you. Mm-hmm. It and to the point that it overtakes your body. Yeah. And that like component of the mental and physical and connecting those two is, is insane to me because I too have experienced being in a place of, 
um, utter fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, again, I didn't, I still don't really pinpoint them as anxiety attacks, but that's exactly what they were. Um, Mine would happen in the middle of the night to the point I would be in bed and my entire body would be convulsing. And Gary would just like hold me. I was freezing or then hot. And I was like, what's the purpose? Why, Mm -hmm. Why am I here? And that was three years ago. So... As, you know, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And this, it's not in the ability of us by ourselves to get through moments like that. Um, and why I think it's so critical that we surround ourselves with people who are outpouring true love all the time, because I could have easily turned in to all of the people that were, were providing support in the wrong ways mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and I remember, go ahead. I was going to say, and it's so easy to focus on then, not the future. Like a hundred percent. All you focus on is like, why am I, I'm not going to stay like this. Yeah. And I have, I was the same. I have two little babies Mm -hmm. and I always to this day, and I said it, you know, in the pilot, just saying like, I know it was so purpose that I had them before all of that Mm -hmm. happened because I really believe I would have. Yeah. Move forward and and however I decided I didn't have a choice at that point or a concept really it just constantly went through my mm-hmm. my brain of what if um, I have friends who have walked through this I have um, family members who have walked through this and it is petrifying and you feel no matter how many people are around you you feel completely isolated yeah here you are talking about you know being within a church community who's supposed to be like mm-hmm. your family you had been there for 10 years at this point even your husband especially your children are all being shielded from what's inside mm-hmm. and I think now after coming through that you do realize the importance of being up front with your emotions, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, the moment I'm able to release those to anybody, it could just be a feeling I'm feeling when I'm conversating with someone. I feel so much more free than I did for 29 years. It's crazy. It's really insane. And I, and I used to think like, how could life get that bad? Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. Why? Cause I never understood like the suicide, Mm -hmm suicidal thoughts and all that kind of stuff but now that I mean it's totally real and I've been able to help so many people I think and you know we always talk about like that there's purpose even within the hard times of our lives and it's always hindsight is Mm 2020 and you can comprehend it at that point but I just like I had my children I feel like we now have so much empathy for people Mm -hmm. and I don't believe you can truly walk into a pastoral role without having that undivided empathy for people to know. And and you just got the word the other day um, from Jolene, from Jay's mom saying like, never change your heart because the, the way that you feel for people, like you just break into tears immediately when somebody says anything. And that's like the third time that that's been spoken over me. Like I remember at awakening, the Tori Marcel, who's amazing. (laughs) told me that he said, you know, you you look at your heart as a weakness. You look at your kindness as a weakness and your softness as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And you've been trying to build a way up so you're not so soft and kind. And, mm-hmm. you know, your heart is not that way, he said. But God's like, I made you that way. You're made that way for a purpose. Yeah. 
And sometimes it sucks being that way because yeah, it's it like you feel stepped on. Yeah, and you yeah. and I feel I feel people's feelings oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, and it um and sometimes it can it can mess with me, and I have to now that I'm realizing that God has made me that way for a purpose to be able to have that empathy for people. I've been able to not let it infiltrate info how what's that infiltrate yeah infiltrate my mind yeah i can totally hear that Mm -hmm. yeah it's like it you feel it Mm -hmm. but then you're able to help and release yeah versus i mean i don't know how counselors do it i I, don't either no the amount of information that i download on my therapist on a (laughs) weekly basis for the last three years which by the way don't judge therapy if you've never done it couples individual whatever Mm -hmm. I 1,000% recommend it. I think it should be a prerequisite if you're a human and absolutely if you're an American. Um, it is, it's is—it's been amazing. But when I think about all of the things that I told her in a given hour and then that she sees all those people <laughs> yeah. and she's so empathetic and sweet and kind and like, I don't know how she releases it. Yeah. I work in admin at a, at a, ele- or a not an elementary school, a school, a private school. And I feel like that's counseling when these parents come in and they're like, tell me about how amazing their child is. And they just need a safe place and a home for their kids. And I'm like, yes, yes, we can do this for you. But I had um, the saying said recently, and I will probably never forget it and most likely live by it was that not to change my heart, but to thicken my skin. Yeah. And that really helped. Yeah. It really helped me just gain perspective in that area. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I get my heart broken a lot. I get disappointed. And, you know, my husband is very keen on the concept and the discussion around expectations and how if you set expectations, they're likely always not going to be met most, most often. And it's just like assumption makes an ass out of you and me. It's like expectation. I need to come up with something out of you and me because I'm going to be disappointed because you're not going to reach them. Just like I'm not going to reach my own expectations of myself. Something's always going to go awry because I'm not in control. He is. Yeah. And my storyline isn't his, (laughs) even though I'd really like to know. I want the book. I want the pages, right? And we all do, but we don't know. And then when we're hit with something hard and heartbreaking, we're trying to figure it all out. And I am number one in this and always trying to take control and like fix and maneuver and, and situate even out of love. But God sometimes just wants us to just throw up our hands and release it. And it basically sounds like in similar moments of our lives, when we finally were just like, all right, I Mm -hmm. I don't have any more ability to control and I can't possibly live like this anymore. What are you going to do for me? And honestly, if God was like, okay, here you go. Here's the timeline of your life, what you're going to go through if you do this, if you do this. We would bolt the other way. A hundred percent. Even things I'm going through right now. I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not my life. No, (laughs) that isn't happening. (laughs) No, that's not true. I will tell you, and I can't give away all of the details because it might be my next book for who knows, but it is, it's a shit storm constantly with things going on in my family and it's heartbreaking. And yet I have all these amazing things happening at the same time. So we live these symbiotic lives um, of social media versus what happens behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And my heart has really been changed to shed light on that 
and um, to give people hope that, yeah, I smile a lot. It's actually not always a good thing. It's a defense mechanism um, that I put on for other people so that they don't see that. But I also cry. And I've also been able to be so vulnerable with people who have come alongside me on this journey and who are willing to, they're willing to take the razor and, and never, ever let you have that thought again, because they're constantly in your presence, not physically, but mentally and emotionally and even spiritually. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to you that you were there in my times, even without really knowing Mm -hmm. everything that I was going through. And I think that's something that says a lot about you and Anthony, that you guys were a constant, even when you weren't expected to be, and you didn't need to be, and you didn't know anything. You just stayed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you don't have people in your life that haven't stayed, look for them mm-hmm, because they do exist. You guys stayed with us yeah, and you still do. I know. <laughs> they literally stayed with us too, by the way. They were in a transition move, move from their old church to what? Well, now the old church, but the oh. church leaving and stepping out in faith to do, plant their own. And they just felt called to Virginia Beach. So they lived with us for a month. Yeah. And then finally moved and now we're about to... Move into y'all's house while y'all move out. But those are the guidelines that like when you write it out, you're like only God. Only God. And when you write it all out, they all line up like one thing has positioned for the uh, next thing to happen. 100%. It's so crazy. 100%. And during it, you're like, why is this happening? This doesn't make any sense. And then when you look back on it, it's like it makes complete sense. Mm, I'm doing my woosah <laughs> moment from the beginning so that I can just grab hold of those words because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. It is. Um, life is hard. And, and that's one of the reasons that we had the desire to show up for you in this way to remind you that it's okay and it's going to be okay. And there are people there in your corner, whether you fully have them accessible or not, reach out, yeah. ask for help. Hey, beautiful. Sorry. I know commercials are for cable, but I just couldn't miss this opportunity to share with you about the upcoming epic girls getaway happening this October. It will be a time to reset, reconnect, and redefine yourself. And additionally, to just have some true uninterrupted girl time. I don't know about you, but I want a lot of things. This, however, is something I really need. And I found a lot of my girls do too. So I've put together a three-day, two-night weekend on the shores of Sandbridge in Virginia Beach for us to just retreat and rest. Imagine ocean air, freshly brewed coffee, nutritious meals cooked by somebody else, enough silence to meditate, enough space for movement and exercise, relaxing mud mask, beautiful soulful worship, deep conversations by the ocean, and ultimate girl time. It seems too good to be true, right? I mean, seriously, I'm ready to go right now. I wish we could, but you can register right now. Pop over to thefitandfaith.co to check out the early bird special that just launched. You deserve this, girlfriend, and we are believing for a supernatural weekend where we take the time to truly invest in ourselves and our wholeness. You won't regret it, and neither will your girls, so invite them too. When's the last time you had an all-girl sleepover? Remember, grab your room now because space is limited. I really can't wait to see you there. Um, I think one of the scariest moments for me was when I felt like, okay, I'm going to get checked into a center Mm -hmm. if I don't do something. 
And I actually searched the internet high and low for hours one day after a panic attack at night that I was having that I mentioned, looking for a place to go, looking for anywhere that I could just go and just literally get out of the city for however long for a duration of time. Mm -hmm. I had my kids, so I knew I didn't really want it to be more than like a week or two, but there was nothing. And anything that there was cost about 15 grand. Mm -hmm. And so that part really makes me fearful for people who are standing in that place and have nowhere to look and they don't even know to look up. Mm -hmm. They have no idea that that song, look up child by Lauren Daigle, the fact that it went, you know, um, viral for pop culture, like regular music, as well as Christian music, that's like hope. Mm -hmm. So there's these children and these, you know, our age moms or whomever is listening to it and they're singing words, not really grasping hold of what maybe she intended for it to be. Yeah. But if that can just seep into people's soul. I could not imagine walking through what I went through without God. I know. And you were a pastor. Like, that's the craziest thing. (laughs) And that's why I think, you know, and two, people have this negative connotation of, of church. And it wasn't the church's fault that they weren't, they didn't know. It's our, our comprehension, again, expectation of what the church we think the church should be like and who we need to come to church as you see it every Sunday on Instagram, these families, they've got like seven kids and they're all dressed alike. And the moms (laughs) look like not even a 10, they're like 15s on the spectrum of scale of one to 10. And the hubbies are good looking and they're all put together and they are all smiling. I'm like, how did they do that? I can hardly get to church on Sunday morning. And since we've stepped out and done the church on Sunday night, it's even harder to go because I'm like, well, I'm going later. (laughs) And Sundays are just so relaxing. But that's another thing to just break the mold. Church is not a facility. We're the church. And that has been something that, you know, her and Anthony have stood on since day one. And that was one of the reasons the session even became what it is, is that we walk around as the living church and we are the ones who are supposed to be out there hitting the pavement, going to the places that people are in need versus come to us in all of your glory and all of your perfect Sunday morning best with your Sunday morning hat on (laughs) and and put on a show to worship with us. Like, yeah, she's a worshiper. We haven't even talked about that. Her voice, talk about her kind, gentle soul. (laughs) It's also in her vocal ability. It's just so kind and sweet. Um, That's a struggle that you should talk about. I think that's an interesting concept. My singing voice? Yeah, something you always... Well, you always see like these, like Carrie Job. Yeah. Now she has the soft Mm -hmm. and nice and sweet. And I love singing her songs. Especially like if we have it like for, cause at that church that we're helping and Chesapeake, I helped the worship team out. Um, they helped me out too. Cause I love to worship, but I just feel as much as like my soft voice, I guess is good for people, but I want that like, yeah. Mm, like, yeah. Like Beth, you know, break like, your knees. Like, come Oh <laughs> yes. But I, it's just not, I mean, I can to a certain point have that kind of strong voice, but, um, yeah, I. It's just. But soft. I love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's like a lullaby. It's just so gorgeous. <sighs> and everybody needs like you have moments that that's your need. Like, yeah. 
don't you have like worship sets where you're like, oh, I need some energy right yeah. now. But then you have, okay, bring mm-hmm. it back to center. Like yeah. you're my center, Mo. <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh man. So speaking of, <laughs> we talked about mental health. We've talked a lot about spiritual health, but I think mm-hmm. another really cool component of our friendship has been our physical journeys together. And I would love for you to share this because I know it's going to touch so many people just just to move. Let's talk okay. about it. Um, so how long have we been friends? Three years. Three years? Maybe a little longer. Three. I think it's three. Gosh, time goes by so I know. fast. Um, okay, yeah. So I don't even know where to begin. Um, so when I had kids, let's say when I had kids, I never really was the workout type. I did softball in high school, blah, 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 but I never really worked out. Um, when I was younger, I didn't really need to, um, <laughs> definitely didn't have to worry about what I ate and didn't need to go to the gym probably because I was dancing at Peabody's every night. <laughs> <Let me. laughs> maybe that, maybe that was my exercise. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> Peabody's, we're tagging Peabody's. <laughs> Hashtag um, Peabody's. So... So when I started having children, that's when my body started changing, obviously. And so I would go to the YMCA, but I never stayed consistent. Like it was a few months on, a few months off, a few months on, a few months off, um, a year off, whatever. So when Tamara and Gary came into our lives, it was a year off, <laughs> <laughs> maybe even more than that. <laughs> and I just wasn't happy with myself. Um, physically, I didn't feel good. I always was in pain, um, still in pain for, for another reason. Um, and I remember, I think my like final wake up call was when we went to San Diego. Yes. Yes. We took them to San Diego. We went to San Diego. They had us jump off a freaking cliff (laughs) over the ocean. Paragliding. Is that what it's called? Paragliding. Gosh. After hiking a really scary. (laughs) Yes. First we go hiking on this in, and they don't wear shoes. They didn't wear shoes the whole time. Like, who do you, who climbs a freaking mountain without shoes? Oh they probably gosh. had better grip than we did. Yeah, anyways. really. Um, so one with the earth. Oh one, gosh. One the yeah, I guess. So we climbed this freaking mountain, and it's huge. And I remember getting to the top, and I was, I was good. Like I was. There were moments where I had to stop and catch my breath. But I remember coming down the mountain for some reason that took more energy out of you because you had to make sure you didn't kill yourself (laughs) coming down. So I remember coming down and at the very end, as we were walking up to almost, we were almost to the car, like I got really dizzy and lightheaded and the entire, the entire hike, I was miserable. I may have had a smile on my face for the picture at the top of the mountain, but I was freaking miserable and I probably hated them a little bit. Oh my gosh. I was so happy. (laughs) I love it. That makes her happy. Um, but I, that was kind of like my wake-up call, and we got back to Virginia, and she had been trying to get me to do this burn, and I still think it took me a couple months, because yep. I didn't start until December. Right. And so, burn boot camp, um, she's been trying to get me to go forever, and finally in December, like right before Christmas break, I was like, fine, because they do this 14-day trial, free. Like, not many places do two right. weeks for free, and right. you can bring your children for free. So... I remember going in thinking, I if they all look like you, hell no. <laughs> and if you don't know what Tamara looks like on the other oh side of this gosh. mic, if you're listening <laughs> on the podcast later, 
Shut. She looks pretty good. Um, I work though. You, you see do work. work. You do work. So, um, but that's what I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of women that looked like her. Um, and I walk into this place and they're like, mm? like all eyes turn on me. But the first time I walked in, it was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all ages, all sizes, all generations. Um, and I was like, Okay, because she had been saying, she's like, no, Morgan, everybody does not look like me. Like, there's so many, the spectrum is yeah. is huge. Um, I honestly would love to have a video of my first workout Me there. too. I do mentally. She has it mentally. Awesome. Um, <laughs> just because I've seen how far oh, you've come. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, she literally would just say no. Like, they would say, okay, this is the extra. She's like, no. Mm-mm. No, I can't do okay. that. I can't do that. Uh, she can, and she would just say no, and she would stick to it. She was like, uh-uh. I'll do the modification. Yeah, but fast jump forward, <laughs> what now? When did you just, what was your new A record? year was this past January. Okay. Um, and then, so, I mean, I've had breaks here, so I just took a two-week break, but I kind of did it for a, not being lazy. Um, I pulled my back, and I every time that I, I went two weeks over the past two weeks, and every time I went, I tweaked it again. So I was like, I need to rest it, yeah, or I'm just going to end up having to go to the doctor again. Um, so yeah, so I've jumped lost on. some weight. I've lost inches, but it doesn't even like, I've gotten to the point where I don't even care about those numbers anymore. It's how I'm feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and making sure my body fat percentage and it keeps going down. Thank yes. you, Haley. <laughs> um, tag her in this. I get more amazing. excited because I'm not really a numbers person when it comes to stuff like that either. Like I don't own a scale. I've never, yeah, the I, scale. Scale. I think that they're the devil. And so I, I do think body fat is awesome because yeah. that's really like the goal. All of our bodies are different. Like who cares what my inches are, yeah. though it's important. It's just not where I put my energy. My thing is like when you're like, oh, and you just text me the other day, I, you hit four double unders. Six. Six double Six unders. Double I'm sorry. Unders. That's huge. No, that's if you don't know what a double under is, it's jump rope two times around continuously. So it's like a goal in order to be a burn boot camp trainer. They give us like these um, tests that we can kind of compare where we would be. And then it, you do it in a certain time limit and double unders are on there. And it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's and it exhausting. hurts. So I have really bad knees. Yeah. And it, so it really just hurts my knees to jump like that. So, right. but I'm not going to stop. I want more than yeah. six, but, yeah. um, but I can do jump knee. T- I can do, yeah, I can do jump knee tucks. <laughs> You sound like your mother. I just can't do a um, pull up. That still is my weakness. See, but then there's but, goals, and yeah. that is like on every realm. That literally crosses everything. So mental, physical, and emotionally or spiritually, how however you view that, you set a goal. Mm-hmm. Like this is a practical way of getting to the next the next point and where you want to be. And it's not necessarily that it's you know they have these things called smart goals, and it means specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and timely. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be that intense. Like it can be something that's short term, something that's long term, but it's setting yourself up for success and not failure and knowing that you can do it. Yeah. In the physical realm, that's like one of the easiest ways to to map out if you've succeeded. Mentally it's a little bit harder, but like for you, it was like I am going to drive by myself again. Mm-hmm. I love it too much not to, but I'm yeah. not quite there. And so it was taking trips with just me or taking trips with just Anthony or what, maybe the yeah. kids this time because you had no adult in the car. And, Mm-mm. you know, it's one thing after another. And for, for me spiritually, you, you know, 
I was at a place where I was similar to your storyline that I became a Christian when I was in high school. And, um, that's an, an interesting conversation too, that we can have another time, but about how, why is it that we get introduced to the Lord in this really vulnerable state? Then we become like hot headed <laughs> late teenagers or early twenties and think we own the world. We, we choose to live our life out in our own means and then it's not until we fully hit rock bottom that yeah. we have to come back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like a huge prayer of mine. Like, how can I prevent that for my children? And I know I can't live their testimony for them. And I can only give them so much advice. And it's probably something that we all have to walk through. Yeah. But man, it's a prayer. Like, I know. please don't have to go through what I went through. Well, and that's if you have listened to my husband talk, yeah. which you do a lot. I do. They don't, maybe. Um, He always says that. He always says that that's what a legacy is, Mm -hmm. is being the best that you can be and leaving that legacy so that people behind you do not have to walk through the same things you walk through. So that's why we're on a podcast. (laughs) That is why we share authentically on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why we cultivate the friendships that we do and we pray the prayers that we do. And... I believe that everyone's called to that. It's literally testimonies and that's what it's biblically, it's scripture saying that we're called to speak out about it for that exact reason of legacy. Um, It's not easy. It's obviously uncomfortable. You cry, you are sick to your stomach, you have nerves, but you're helping someone. And what good is it to live a life like only for yourself? Yeah, great. You learn that really, really, really hard lesson. And now you're just going to keep it to yourself. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I really loved having you share all of those things. I feel like I have, we could talk for hours. Yeah, we could. Because our you know knowledge base on each other goes so deep. Um, but I'm proud of you. Like I love seeing the physical transformation that you've done. And I say that it makes me so happy when you're in pain because <laughs> not because I'm cold hearted, but because I know that it, it then motivates you to change. Yeah. And, um, pastor Robbie last night, I'm getting ordained through the same program that her and Anthony did, um, have done, which I thought was cool. And you were saying that I hadn't really put two and two together. Um, that that's like a neat journey that they mm-hmm. helped put me on as well. And he said, would you rather inspire someone or motivate them? And he said, you know, both of them are good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with inspiration, but it, you're always going to have to come back to inspire them again. Cause you can let go of inspiration where motivation causes action. So then when they get a taste of what the action becomes and how the, um, you know, whatever that is working out, for instance, you told me a thousand times that I can't, and now I'm watching you and it makes me so happy because (laughs) we're going to go back to Ho Chi Minh Trail in San Diego in August August, and we're probably not going to jump off a cliff again. We're going to try something else that spikes adrenaline because I love adrenaline rushes. I just skydived. Well, not really. I, I flied. Okay. Sorry for the skydivers. <laughs> One day I'll, I'll, I'll skydive. But I, I just, I flied and it was like the best adrenaline rush. I just love adrenaline. Probably because I know other things such as addiction are not healthy for me. So yeah. if I can jump me out too. of a plane, why not? Oh my gosh. Uh, so it'll be fun. We'll do something exciting. I have no idea. You never know. It's scary. It's scary or it's 
scary. Because I think it's <laughs> Gary's fault. He is the one who introduced me to everything. Oh, I'm but so I'm going thankful. back, and I don't know if we're climbing that mountain, but we're climbing some mountain, and I will not get dizzy yeah. and about pass out. And it's a mental game as much as it is a physical oh, game. totally. But I will wear shoes. <laughs> I won't. And then another thing, too, is even, like, in the gym, and this is kind of another alignment for my for me, was I used to work out for such different reasons than I work out now. Um, and while my body is important in the longevity of my body and for my children and all of those things, I don't work out listening to, like, well, unless it's on the radio. Thank you, Krista, to some booty popping music. <laughs> Rachel um, does some little booty popping, too. She's the new... Peabody's... <laughs> No, but seriously, there was a season where I could only listen to sec- to non-secular music. I had to listen to Christian music exclusively for my mind to get on the right path and the right perspective. And And you will find if you struggle in a mental capacity, if you're able to do that, it really makes a huge change. But then I would walk into the gym where I know I'm doing something positive for myself. I know I need to be there because it's like a, a release physically and emotionally for me. And then my mind is like on a battlefield. And so that was such a hard thing for me. I even reached out to Haley about it. And I'm like, I love burn, but it would be really nice at 5 a.m. if the things that I was listening to wasn't about my P-U-S-S-Y, which (laughs) by the way, I have a UTI right now and it sucks. (laughs) That's probably way too much information. But it rhymed. But it did. I had to go with it. And I'm really (laughs) red if you can see me. (laughs) Don't, can that's, we cut that out? That, no, that's totally staying in. You can't cut it out oh the live, so you got to keep it in. I'd love to say it was from sex, but it's not. <laughs> it was from the antibiotics, so sorry, babe. Oh, Again, TMI, but aren't we supposed to be real, right? Yeah. Hashtag authentic. That's why you don't see a script in front of us. Right. So what a fun time. Wait till you sit down with Anthony. Oh, my gosh. So her hubby, who we've talked a lot about <laughs> Today, you're going to get to hear him next week. He's so unpredictable. (laughs) Our session, which by the way, if you are local and you are looking for something different and a new um, perspective on what church is, you should come out, hang out with us. It's really just like family dinner on Sunday nights, but then we go into a multitude of different conversations. And this past week was about sex. and It's real. It's raw. Married couples are there. Single people who are looking to get married. And like, how do you approach that? Or you're divorced and you're trying to get into the game again. Like, there's so many different ways to approach that situation. But Pastor Anthony was the most ridiculous. I mean, he's like a, a man child. Like, literally talking. I'm like, you're so lucky. Is that oh, the word? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I love you, Anthony. Thank you for being your true I am self. Blessed. Yes. His Peabody days were coming out, if you they know what were, I mean. That minus the dance moves. <laughs> don't he don't mention the dance moves because he will do them right here on live. I hope he does. I hope he does. Oh my gosh. Oh, so <laughs> tune in next week for Anthony Hart. The um I'm not even gonna say better half because I think I'm sitting with the better half right mm-hmm. now. No. With the other half, they're equally <laughs> fabulous. You will learn very quickly. They are um, two peas. But I am excited for you guys to get a chance with him. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you. For being I here. You. I love you so much. And it's crazy because while this is a part of our journey and we're constantly like mending and, and 
blending, mending and blending our paths with each other, it's really um, a blessing. Mm-hmm. I agree. So thank you. I love you. I do have a question. I'm supposed yeah. to ask this, these two questions. Oh, sorry. At the end of every oh, podcast. that's right. Okay. And maybe I don't, but I'm just trying. This is my only scripted thing that is a question, okay? But I think it'd be cool to know and hopefully another practical tip that you could apply to your life. Motivation, like right? Are you ready? Fidgeting. <laughs> I know it's nerve-wracking when you're not just talking from the heart. What is your favorite ment- mental, physical, or spiritual exercise? I'm going to make you answer all three. So what's your favorite mental exercise? Mental exercise? Mm-hmm. Like mind rest? I don't... Maybe like prayer? Worship? Yeah. I would say worship. Worship. I'm answering. That's spiritual. No, but... Um, I'm not going to answer for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> mind rest. So when I'm not thinking... Yeah, the million, that doesn't happen. All the things in my head all no. the time. Yeah. Um... Well, for your mental, you know, your mental health, obviously you walked through that journey. Was there like something specifically that you did that helped you get out of that? Worship. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Worship. Praise. Yeah. Come I'm on. not going to say. Come on. Come on. No. One little bit. Come on. Listen. <laughs> come on. One little bit. You want me to sing that yeah. song? Yes, I do. Because now it's not going <laughs> to come from the heart. Fine. You want me to do it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you can't look at me. Okay. Because not of oh, whoever, how many people are looking at me right now. Um, you're looking at me on this thing. <laughs> okay. Um, worship is my warfare. My praise is my weapon. Is that good? Yes. Yeah. So now her face is red. Yes. I talk about UTIs. She worships and it does the same thing to our body. So weird. Oh, gosh. So good. Now I'm really red. I can see my redness already in these. All right. Thanks for that. So mental worship, physical. Working out. What's your favorite exercise of all of them? Mm, any cardio day. Yeah. I mean, there's we do so many different things. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love anything with the ropes. Oh, really? I do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Me and Amy can't mm, hack the shoulder yeah. pain. I like it because it, um, it works my up. Because I love upper body work too. Sure. Cool. And then spiritual exercise is probably synonymous to your mental yeah worship or prayer or sometimes i just will like oh i know turn my car radio off and drive what where do you get the most words from god you know that question. i know but they In don't the and it's so fun or when no. i'm doing blow dry my hair i'm like that's not it that's not it <laughs> i do for some reason when i'm blow drying my hair I, I just hit the mic um everything else you can't hear anything else um, I can't even hear my children screaming at each other, getting ready in the morning. But that's yeah, that's where I hear. I love it. Like when I I know something really good's gonna come out when I read. So I was just blow drying my hair. <laughs> dot dot dot. And I'm like, oh yes, it what's it gonna when be? When I hear um, yeah, that's where you hear from God, and I think that that's so cool. And that's such a like component of what does that mean? How do you do that? Um, and for those who are, are new to their faith or are not sure what that means, um, it really is everybody's different mm-hmm. so that we could go into a whole podcast about that. And maybe one day I will, but you will come to find that it doesn't necessarily remember have to be at church. We are the church. So no matter where you are, mine is the shower because again, nobody's in there with me. I yeah. can't hear anything. Sometimes my kids are knocking on the door or their fingers are on the thing. That's mom life. But 
that's like my place. I can cry there. I can sing there. I can make no sense there. I can make complete sense there. I can talk out loud. I can listen to podcasts. I can worship and I've done it all. And it's, it's just my safe place. Um, so find yours. Is it in your car with your music off? Is it on the beach? And I do love the beach too. Um, is it hiking? There are so many different ways that you can spiritually, physically, and mentally exercise simultaneously. Um, I definitely think I hear, feel or hear more from God outside of the church. Yeah. I think because just when we're in the church, we're in the mode of being pastors. So, yeah. Or you're on the worship or team. Or I'm on the worship team. Yeah. And I mean, I... When I worship, I worship, and I know I can feel God, but normally it's outside of the four walls of those, that building where I yeah. hear him more than... So crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that's just being in tune. It's because we're the church. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to talk about this since we're doing it. Oh, have gosh. you guys heard of ASMR? This is... <laughs> it is so weird. Please Google it. She had me listen to it the other day, and I was like... I mean, it makes no sense. It's so creepy. So I, if, at the school, oh I have a fifth gosh. grade class of study block that comes into my office once a week, and it's just <laughs> me and them. So we get into weird conversations. Uh-oh, and something happened. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I think it ended. It's over. Instagram, bye. It's okay. We're still on Facebook. And so, yeah, I let them listen to it, and they're, like, showing me all of their favorite ASMRs. And there was, like, soap. You, like, scrape soap or, like, pop things and it is bizarre and disturbing but the ones we were listening to were from like a late night show so don't tune into those if you <laughs> get offended easily um but yeah oh, i'm gosh. so excited to be here with you guys thank you so much for tuning in thank you morgan for being here yes, loved it if you want a chance to get to know us more or interact with us more then subscribe and review and you could get a text right on your phone from us in regards to um, a custom logo or design and joining us for core. Um, I love you guys so, so much. And I know that sounds weird, especially for people who are listening to this for the first time, but we are called to act in love. And I, I have empathy. I have sympathy for where you are right now, today, as you are in any of the brokenness, any of the imperfections. We all are that same way. But by the grace of God, we are whole and made new and capable of anything, really. So come on, Jesus. Yeah. This is awesome. Peace. (laughs) Bye. Hey, y'all. I hope in today's episode, you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. 
Hey there, it's Nicole Yunus, host of the How to Study the Bible podcast, where every single week we join together to encounter God through His Word. You can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.